0: You are now listening to the London International Christian Church podcast.
1: Awesome! Well, it's great to be here in London. Well, thank you so much, Michael, just for having us over here and the London Church. We're very grateful. Let's turn about the book of Hebrews chapter 5.
2: Come on, bro. Come on, bro.
1: The title of the given is Greater Prayer.
2: Wow.
1: Hebrews chapter 5. Following verse 7.
2: Hello,
3: Roger.
1: Hebrews 5, 7.
3: Come
1: on, bro. It says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up great prayers and petitions yeah. with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverent submission wow. yeah you know, uh, of course you, know, you read this it says during the days of jesus's life this is not that one day but jesus's style was in you know, offering up prayer and petition with fervent cries and tears yes. what i want to talk about a little bit is it says over here he would do that So that he knew that God would save him from death. And it says he was hurt because of his reverent submission. You know as men sometimes it's just tough to submit.
4: The more you get
1: experience in the ministry the harder it is to submit. The longer you're a disciple the harder it is to bow down. Uh, I've got a story to tell you. My own story. So uh, I became a disciple, and I was uh, seven, year, seven months old as a Christian, and I was in the full-time ministry. Wow. And uh, after five months, this, this story is about uh, 28 years old. Wow. So after five months, the uh, evangelist just fired me. Wow. Wow. I was doing at least five studies a day, I was cranking it. He just fired me and said, you know what, you're out. Wow. All right, okay. wow. He said he asked me so what do you think
3: <laughs> <laughs> i told
1: him i'll be back
3: <laughs> exactly
1: and i remember in my heart i was like you know what i'm not going to hold any bitterness or attitude anything if if i believe there is a god then you know what if the decision it could be as long as it can be, God can make it right
3: Amen.
1: Seven. so I was back in the ministry after four years
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fast forward, just about a couple of months ago, I received a text on uh, on on Facebook saying that, hey uh Raja, this is so and so, uh, and I' didn't just apologize to you that uh several several years ago I took you out the ministry. It was a wrong decision on my part. Wow. And when uh, I heard that I was like, wow. And he's and I texted him back, said Bro, so how are I said, bro, don't worry about it. This God is good. you know he works things up. And so how are you doing? He goes, no, my, my family is split, he's married and he's got four kids, divorced, going through a lot of hardship. Wow. And uh, at that time there was I asked him to come for the GLC. Wow. He goes, no, I can't make it. But he said, you know what, <coughs> if, if if you have something in state of Ohio, then I can do something. Wow. And at the GNC we had the yeah. Columbus Church Party. Yeah. And you know, as I, as I should go back right now I'm gonna be talking to him <laughs> and saying, you know what, bro, you need to go back to the church Amen. and get fired up and be restored in the Lord. Yeah. Mm. Amen. But one of the things I'm saying is, submission is the real test.
3: Yeah, come on, bro. You,
1: right. you, you could be smashed. You could be polarized. Yeah. And, and yet you go, would I submit? Oh no, the decision's wrong. That's okay. So if it's a wrong decision, yeah, that's okay. Is. It just it, it's it's not this guy's on the judgment or test. It's you. God tests you and checks you out that's whether right. you would want to go down. Yeah, and after right. when we have when we have that submission then we can have great prayers because we're not praying with bitterness and anger and God what has happened to me aren't you that even more like amen God you want to go down lick the dust I will lick the dust to God be all the glory let's all have awesome greater prayers to bring God the glory thank you so much
2: One more time for Raja on greater prayers. Let's see the to four. You know, I love the book of Acts. Uh, Not only because you know, they evangelized you know, uh, the nations and the generations, but you know, in Acts 4, it it just talks about how you know, the apostles were ordinary men, right? And it says the people were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus, right? I love that because these guys were ordinary, but they end up doing extraordinary things. And because they did extraordinary things, they became extraordinary men. I just want to encourage you. I want to inspire you. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ right now, you are not ordinary, but you're an extraordinary man because you are called to do extraordinary things. Acts yes. 4. Verse 29, it says, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand and to heal and perform American signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Prior to the scripture over here, the apostles were being persecuted. You know, they, they had healed a crippled man, and they were persecuted for that, and it says they were told sternly to no longer preach the word. They were told no longer be able to preach about Jesus Christ. So you can imagine how the apostles are feeling right now. Right. Afraid is a good description. Yeah. And the easiest way you can simply identify, or the easiest way you can explain what boldness is, is think about the opposite. You know, and the opposite of boldness is cowardice.
1: Yeah, yeah right.
2: Some of the ways that people describe it is being a chicken. You know what chickens do, right? They run away from everything they're afraid of, right? Yeah. Another word as well is uh, fear. You know, an individual describes fear as an emotion caused by perceived danger or a threat. Yeah. So simply put, a lack of boldness is basically you being a coward and thinking your life is in danger.
5: Yeah.
2: I think that's a pretty good description of what it means not to be bold. I don't think us over here want to be described as that right there, amen? Yeah. If you ask the question, then what is being bold? Being bold is not giving you the fear. Yeah. It is doing something that many people are afraid to do. Come on, bro. Being bold is having confidence. Being bold is having a backbone. What does a backbone do? A backbone keeps you straight. A backbone keeps you firm. A backbone allows you to see straight. It allows you to see the attacks of the enemy. It looks, basically you look straight ahead. Mm.
1: Come on, bro. But
2: then when you have no boldness, no backbone, you are just bent. Mm. You are bent over. You are called a bent over Christian. Whoa. And, you know, you don't want to be a bent over Christian, because a bent over Christian, the way a bent over Christian looks, it is basically self-focused. It is focused on his um, emotions, focused on his fears, and you don't want your self-focusedness to the sense, do your boldness right there. Yeah. A man once said, Fear can overwhelm your senses. It can distort your thinking. It can kidnap your desires. It can capture your meditation so that you spend more time worrying about what others think than what God has called you to be. Fear can cause you to make bad decisions quickly and fail to make good decisions in the long run. Fear can make God look small and your circumstances large. Question is, are you afraid? The thing is, guys, I'm not talking for a position where I don't give it a fear. I give it a fear quite a lot. <laughs> you know, one of the choices you get when you come, when you're being in London, is you get to see celebrities, right? And uh, I've been quite fortunate to meet a couple of celebrities here in London. And you know, one, one of the things you see when you see a celebrity, you're like, wow, okay, I'm gonna talk about Jesus Christ. So what I do is I run to celebrities, right? And instead of talking about Jesus, I end up, you know, lifting them up, you know, and encouraging them, and then I get a selfie. And- before well, you know no. it, they're gone and they never heard the word of God. No. No. And I thought to myself, I said, why do I do this? And I thought about it, I was like, you know what? One of the reasons why we're not bold is because we're ashamed of Jesus. And I think about it, I'm like, man, I find this celebrity more cool than Jesus. On, I want to please this celebrity more yeah. than I want to please Jesus Christ. We don't want to be living in fear. Or no, we want to be individuals who are ashamed of Jesus Christ. You see, the apostles, they, they, they were bold. But they understood that for them to carry on doing greater things, they needed great boldness. They were in a position where they could have just, they, they could have just decided, hey, let's, let's, let's give up everything. Let's just not get persecuted. In Acts 5, they got flogged. They said, hey, you know what, let's just avoid all these things happening. Let's just go back to be fishermen. But they understood that if, they don't, if they're given to fear, if they're given to being ashamed of Jesus Christ, the word of God would be preached. Yeah. They understood that their lack like of boldness would prevent the world, basically the world being evangelized. So they knew what was at stake. They say, enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. Yeah. Yeah. To enable, it means to give someone the authority or to make something possible. I love how Roger spoke about greater prayers. We understand that your prayer life determines how bold you'll be. Yeah. Question is, have you been praying? Yeah. Have you been praying? On, For us to reach a level of having greater boldness, we got to start having greater prayers. That. I challenge you, as you go on the campus, you've got to say this, enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. Yeah. As you go on the tube, enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. As you are walking the street, enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. And to <laughs> God, you are the glory. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, Let's
5: go. Let's go. Let's turn your Bibles to Second Peter. Oh, the title been given is Greater Influence. You understand uh, greater basically means anything more than what you have. Nice. So we we're kind of talking about it like great to greater, but the truth is if you have like nothing and then you get a little bit, that is greater. <laughs> so my, my goal is to talk about greater influence than where you're at right now. Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character Developments or behavior of someone or something. Uh, Thanks so much for the great welcome here. It's great to be back in the city of London. It's been five years, and so I appreciate your hospitality. Uh, This is a leadership meeting. Amen? This group, this room, is the seeds for the leadership of all of Europe. There are 743 million people in this continent. Look around the room. Just look for a second. Right. Man. Yeah. We're whole... We need some more people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Each of you has much more than a million to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to have some great influence. Yeah, yeah. Now, you may be a church leader in this room, and you have uh, you know a hundred, two hundred plus disciples. You, you may be a regional leader. You got 30, a hundred house church Bible talk. You may be married and you lead one. That's it. You may be single and you just lead yourself. That's it. <laughs> But you're a leader in training, personally, you yeah. won't get married, amen? Yeah. Regardless of where you're at, this is about leadership. Yeah. That's what we're talking about, influence. On, 2 Peter 1, verse 5, For this reason, make every effort to add your faith goodness to goodness knowledge, knowledge self-control, self-control perseverance, perseverance godliness, godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they keep you from being ineffective and unproductive, and your knowledge of our lord jesus christ but if anyone does not have them he's nearsighted and blind and has forgotten and been cleansed from his past sins wow. you know um it's got uh, these uh, different qualities it says uh you got to add to your what faith, faith. okay so you got to start with faith that that's yeah. kind of the, the bottom line you can't be a disciple without faith you can't please god without faith amen uh and of course you guys understand that you get faith from the bible Right. So you gotta be having great quiet times if you wanna be a leader. And then you gotta add goodness, knowledge, self-control. I mean if you just go through this list you'll find something that you can work on. Amen? And and at the at the conclusion of this list he says you gotta have these things in mind increasing measure. Any you guys in the business world, you understand that if you're not growing, you're what? In the disciple world, if you're not growing, you're dying. dying. If you don't have these things in increasing measure, you are nearsighted and you become blind. Wow. And you forget that you used to be lost. I can't tell you how often I find a 20-year-old Christian that has the maturity of a 2-year-old Christian. Wow. Wow, come, on, come on What would you do if you saw a 20-year-old human being that acted like a two-year-old, and they had no physical or mental defects? They just failed to mature. So you would be concerned, wouldn't you? We have some gentlemen in our fellowship that we have need for concern for. Yeah, come on. Amen. And and my call is for you to mature and possess these things in increasing measure. So wherever you're at, you can grow. On, Amen. And then it says that if you have these things in increasing measure, they make you effective and productive, which is what it means to have influence. You're effective and you are productive. Question for you. If the whole church were like me, what kind of church would this be? You know, I, I, I looked at uh, some of the stuff that has happened for us this year. Um, uh, we have the honor to lead the New York church, my wife and I. people in New York that um, have great jobs. We certainly in no way are near the top of the, the, the financial uh, uh, pay there. right? And yet there's only one other couple that leads us in a weekly contribution. In our church of 200. There is nobody who leads us in missions for this year. If whole church is like me in giving, I'd be fired up. Why? Because we're more sacrificial. Not because we have more... Expendable income. You know, this year we've been focusing on Columbia University, which, depending on the ranking, most would, would rank it as a top 10 university. Uh, one campus intern and myself, we baptized five guys at Columbia in the spring semester. Also, baptized my parents. We recently brought over a couple from the ICOC, and in, in two weeks, I believe another couple is going to come over. In, in fruitfulness, if the whole church was like me, I'd be fired up. Wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I've been out of the country 32 days so far this year. Wow, wow, I got a few other churches that we got to deal with, right?
3: Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do like uh, yeah
5: Do people want to be like you Do people want to be like you I had a, a discipler when I was a, a new Christian about a month old He asked me to buy him a, a stick of deodorant because he didn't have any money and then that, later that D time, he says, hey, you need to learn how to be a man like me. Oh. And I said to him, a month old Christian, I said, I, I don't want to be like you. Yeah. <laughs> now, I apologize later because I was not very kind. <laughs> but, but it was true. I, I looked, and I go, some of us, we, we don't have lives that are worthy of imitation. Yeah. Wow. We, we just are not the leaders, the men of influence that God made us to be. Wow. And you do call people to imitate you, and they do, and they don't oh, get better. <laughs> You know we need to be men who work very hard yeah. uh, i had a great conversation with colby last night we yeah. talked about hard work <laughs> now before i was a disciple I, I worked in transportation i worked about 80 90 hours a week at, at the zenith during the holiday times i worked 120 hours one week 140 the next week Whoa. and 120 the next week <laughs> Yeah, you can do the math there. That's uh, averaging over 18 hours a day for a 21-second wow. base. Yeah. And, and, then I, and then I worked, I was, uh, did construction sales and I went down to about 70 hours a week. And then I went to retail management and went to about 60 hours a week. So by the time I got a 40 hour week job, I go, this is great. <laughs> I got so much free time, I don't know what to do with myself.
3: <laughs>
5: hard, hard work was never challenging, but I think some of us, we can learn to work a little bit harder. You know, one of the things about being a man of influence is that you have to be able to be influenced. See, you can't lead if you can't follow. And, and you know, most of ministry is about disputable matters. The majority of things that we do are disputable. There's no scripture. Thus saith the Lord. Church is at 10 a.m., so be there at 9:30. That scripture is not in there. But you know what? If Michael says it, guess what? It's in there. Because you gotta obey your leaders. Amen. You know, for for, uh, for you guys here, the, the gentlemen. I want to think he, I want to quote you to consider Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verse 7. It says consider your leaders and look at their, the outcome of their way of life and then imitate their what? Their faith. We need for the gentlemen in this room to imitate the faith of the leaders. And faith is something that makes you look at the situation and say, it doesn't make much sense. Yep. But because my leader asked me to do it, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna imitate his faith. Yeah. I see his life. Come on. I like where it is, and I want my life to go that same direction. Yep. Therefore, I'm gonna imitate his faith. I want to to be men of great influence. Come on. Come on. Be men who are worthy of imitation. Thank wow. you. Yeah.
4: Good morning. Bible to Acts chapter 16. Come on, bro. You know we are definitely men of influence Come on, bro. and the charge given to me is greater <coughs> humility. Come on, bro. I believe that in Europe we have very prideful people. You know in Europe great ideas are thought. A lot of great people came out of Europe and they've influenced the world. Yet I believe that too many are focused on ourselves and therefore we do not influence the world in the right way see as disciples i believe we have to become humble yeah man. and i wondered how do we actually see if we are humble and i believe it is the point when you get discipled on disputable matters you know it's the moment when you get discipled on things that you don't even understand even like sometimes your leader has a conviction that you don't hold and you try to figure it out but all you've got for me it was joy yeah. you know as a as Germans struggle with joy. And I got, I got discipled. Joe Willis. I got baptized in Sydney, right? And I got discipled on, on joy. And Joe said, Dom, I believe your issue is joy. And I, I was, okay, let me think about that. Right? I, I, I'm a German. We like to think about, but we don't like talk, uh, doing stuff. You know, we like to think, and we, and we think ourselves into our minds, and then we do nothing. Right? And we got to change that. Now a great example when it comes down to humility and accepting things that you don't understand and you couldn't even find scriptures that speak against that decision is Timothy. You know, he got circumcised. Now we understand that they figured out that you don't have to get circumcised yeah. to be a Christian, right? Yeah. Yet they came out and like, no, no, you gotta be circumcised. So all the guys went, went there, they, they had, it, had it discussed if you gotta get circumcised or not, and they figured out, no, you don't have to be. <laughs> right? They got, just figured that out. Bro. Let's jump in to uh, chapter 16 in Acts, on, verse 1. It Come says, on, Paul came to Derby and to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers in Lystra and economists spoke well of him. Now Paul wanted to take him along the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in the area. See, Paul is so impressed by this young individual named Timothy. And he sees him, he's like, well, this guy is going to do awesome things for God. And he goes, hey, bro, you come with me. And he goes, I, I'm going to per- personally circumcise you. <laughs> and Timothy just goes, okay. Amen. But the question is, why did he do that? Mm, why? Why, why did Timothy give all of it to God? Or why did he just follow what, what, what Paul said? Mm. Because Timothy wanted to win the war, not the battle. Mm. Yeah. See, if you want to win the battle, you will fall away. <coughs> the war is to bring everybody in the kingdom of God. See, and for this very purpose, we got to do everything that it takes. See, we, we say it often, we got We want to give up everything, go anywhere, and do anything for God. And everybody gets fired up. But how about when you get disciples on things you really, really love? Come on. See, I love my culture. I love my German culture. <laughs> See, and, and when I got baptized, I was the only one in the, in, in the Sydney church who was German. Come on. In actual fact, I'm the only German here in this church. Yes, you are. See, when when, when when I get into 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 the churches, I'm like, man, who understands me? Oh, yeah. You know, who can I talk about the cultural differences and so on? But there's no way. Everybody just goes, dog, like, do you just got chill. What on. do you mean, chill? Oh, we, Germans chill. are chill. Right? Oh. But like, Germans, so do, they're unhappy, but they do stuff, right? Like, yeah. like they, they, and so. See and, and, and I was complaining so much in that my first couple of months of a disciple and and then Joe just challenged me. He said, Dom, stop being German. Yeah. <laughs> just stop it. I was like, but how? <laughs> how would you get rid of a culture that you've been part of for 25 years? Yeah. Or 26? How do you get that?" And I, and I struggled, it was the same with joy when he said, oh Dom, I think you just need to be joyful. I was like, oh wow. One of, the, one of the advice was just be friendly to people. Like, oh, f- yeah. by fr- being friendly, you can actually win in life. Come on, See, right. I didn't believe that for the, for the longest part of my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. See, but all these things, I, t- I appreciate Roger to talk about prayer. See, we are the pray and therefore we change. <laughs> now, I, I believe that I did a good job with getting rid of me being German. But then I came to
6: London. <laughs> oh! Then I
4: came to London, right? And Michael Williamson said, Don't, stop being German. <laughs> yeah! And I said, man, you know, that's excellent. And that, as Tim, uh, Anthony shared, see, if we are now waiting for perfection, we gotta get better and better and better. and We have to aim for perfection. On, and this is what we have to do. Right? Yeah. Now the question to you is, especially to the Europeans in this room, we love our opinions. We love to think the way we think. We think it's the best way ever.
1: Yeah. Right? We,
4: we think that we are right. Come
1: on. But
4: you gotta get humble.
1: Yeah.
4: See, Jesus preached. When he started his ministry, he preached the kingdom of God. That's yeah. it, bro. When he on, bro. finished his ministry, he preached the kingdom of God. Yeah. When he sent the guys out in Matthew chapter 10, he told them what to preach about, which was the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now the question is, are you willing to give up everything for the kingdom of God? See, are you humble enough to, to, to respond to the discipling when your disciple thinks you should get married to a certain person? Oh. Oh, are you willing to be humble when they say you should live in this country because you will do awesome things for God? Oh, oh, oh. Are you willing to change the way you dress? I have to change down. how to dress. When I, like my first jacket or my first suit, I got in the kingdom of God. Amen. I never dressed up, right? And you know, I know that there are several people who can relate to that, but I got over that. And now we got to do awesome things for God, Come on down. and to God be all the glory. Amen.
0: GREATER INSPIRATION! Well, what an inspiring time it's been here at this year's EMC. And it hasn't even officially started yet. Well, greater inspiration, where does it come from? It comes from growth and it comes from change. Think about it. We can say, I'm so inspired! But there is no change whatsoever no bro that is not inspiring we have of course our eight month uh, old baby oliver and, and you know like right now he's learned to sit uh, by himself and you know, it's been a bit wobbly but it's but he's getting there uh, his uh, upper teeth are coming you know so and, and i mean believe me we as parents we are just so inspired but again what produces change being wholehearted and calling others to be Hearted. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 16.
3: Right, right.
0: right. Mike is still a scripture from me. Verse 9 it says, <laughs> For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. So the rest of the verse is not so inspiring, we're not going to read it for now. Well, the term fully committed in Hebrew is shalem, and it comes from the word for peace, shalom. In English, it's translated either, either as Fully committed or fully devoted. On, so man. if we keep the covenant with God, we have peace with God. Yeah. And we have friendship with God. Yeah. A few examples of this, please write down. 1 Kings eleven four, It says, as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods. Yeah. And his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. Wow. 1 Kings 15, verse 3. King of Aisha, he says he committed all the sins his father had done before him his heart was not fully devoted to the lord his god as the heart of david his forefather had been 1 kings 15 14 his <laughs> son asa it says although he did not remove the high places asa's heart was fully committed to the lord all his life and i learned this here that being inspired yeah it's only possible if the disciples are fully committed to God. Wow, That's what we have lost in Stockholm. We had lost the inspiration mm. because there was a lack of commitment. Mm, yeah. And my sin was not dealing with the issue sooner because I was afraid I afraid would lose people. I was afraid of people's reaction. But again, we cannot pee. So we decided, okay, whatever happened in the beginning of the year, let's get fully devoted. So we had the night of atonement. For the brothers asked, okay, what is the most embarrassing sin you have committed, both as a disciple and non-disciple, that makes for some great fellowship? We we devoted ourselves to a liquid fast and prayer to have two confirmations each to our special service. Uh, We had some bad attitudes to fight with, but again, we did it. You see, inspiration comes after repentance. Mm. Inspiration comes after hitting fully devoted. You see, it is the fully devoted that God, Actively seeks on, in order to strengthen them yeah, on, and they are the ones who are gonna be inspired come on, So unfortunately, we had some disciples. They did not want to be fully devoted oh, yeah. But amen come back get restored when you're ready to be fully devoted <laughs> The inspiring things was that the disciples who remained They just started coming back to life True disciples love being called higher. They love being called to your greater commitment and now Miracles are starting to happen again. Come on, bro. During less than a month, we have had two awesome brothers headed to the Stockholm Church. Yeah. Oh. Our fireball of David's brother Frank is here with us today. to so please, the uh, restaurants around here. Because uh, last Sunday we had the park the restoration of our brother Mike. And he said, you know, I've been to different churches. I've been everywhere. There's nothing like the kingdom of God out there. Yeah. And both of these men are great workers for God. So we are not here where we well to be yet. We are not at weekly additions. I mean, our campus, super convicted from your sermon, wow. So, but again, greater inspiration is the result of calling the disciples to be fully committed. Practically, identify what issues in your ministry uh, are hindering your disciples from being fully committed. Which issues in your ministry are not being dealt with? Either you deal with the issues or the issues deal with you. And secondly, not being afraid to those people, call the Bible talk, call the region, call the church to be fully committed, then the inspiration will come. Thank you and God bless.
6: Amen brothers. Thank you for everyone that speak before. Come on Kevin. I'm here to speak about greater faith. Let's turn our Bible in Luke 17, starting verse 1. Amen? Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brothers or sisters sin against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The apostles say to the Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this marble tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey to you. Amen? Amen? So Jesus talks to his twelve and gives them a strong and radical teaching on forgiveness and faith and we're here to talk about better faith, amen? Yeah. So forgiveness tells about seven times, which means to forgive perfectly. Seven times, seventy times mean perfectly and completely, amen? Here the word faith in Greek is pistis, which means persuasion. So, someone that has faith is someone that is persuaded, amen. Oh someone that is convicted, yes. amen. So, basically, when did the, the apostles come to Jesus and say, J- "Jesus, just, just increase our faith"? He's just say, he's just, he's just saying to them, "We don't have faith." And we are not persuaded yet. Even though you preach to us, yep. even though you taught us, even though you studied the Bible with us, we're not persuaded yet. On, but again. feel like that when you yeah. you, you preach the Bible to some people sometimes, oh, right? Oh, it could yeah. be us some, but sometimes leaders tell us some things, oh, tell us with the Bible, we're not persuaded. Faith is persuasion, amen? Yeah. And I love what Jesus replies back. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can do even greater things than forgive people, which means saving lives, amen? Yeah. So, it tells them, that basically, if you want greater faith, don't ask for it, don't wait for it, you just go, you just go and you go get it, yeah. So my first part of the message is, don't ask for it, don't wait for it, go get it. This is faith, amen? So, I can relate to the disciples, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm a man and I need greater faith, amen? Uh, I remember my spiritual dad coming to me a few times when he was in Paris, and he told me, I challenge you to have a 30% rate at your job. And as French as I was, I said, this is impossible. You can only have 5% maximum. So finally I just obeyed and had 33% Uh salary rate, amen? Thank you, Anthony, for that. And regarding from that, I started to, like, living a comfortable life with having a new car, and, and, uh, and free gas, and, and being an engineer in champs like he shared, and having a group of engineers that I could lead, and I was feeling good. And I, and I tried to be a, a comfortable, sold-out disciple. Oh! <laughs> how you do that? How you do that? I'll tell you how you do that. How can you do that? You, you, you just you just go anywhere, man. That you like? No. Oh. And you, you, just, you just do anything when you feel like it. That's, we don't do that in that movement, amen. I in other movement, maybe, but not this one. No? So this this is why we was actually. And, I, and and honestly, honestly, I start losing faith in just like in the church and in the kingdom. Just to. Preach the Bible and, and, and convert someone. I lose that faith that you could just use the word of God and, for myself and just like obey to it and make people obey to the Bible. And you know sometimes when you, you lose faith, you don't find those nuggets anymore in the Bible in your quiet times, amen? And you know why you don't find them? Because you don't obey the challenges that the Bible is giving to you. And this is exactly where I was, amen? So, after that, that same spiritual father came to me and said, It is time that you quit your job. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, again, I was so faithless. Mm. Um, I, I procrastinate, procrastination on procrastination. And I was just so scared to lose my whole life, to lose that comfort. Amen. Yeah. Have you ever been there? No. Yeah, I'm the only one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I was like, okay, what am I going to tell to my company that just hired me and just want to give me a better raise again? <laughs> what am I going to tell them? And so, procrastination, procrastination, uh, after GLC, I said, okay, Monday, first day at job, I will say that I leave my job. Yes. So, I get there on Monday, I need to talk to you. And then I'm, okay, i do it tomorrow.
0: <laughs>
6: then Tuesday came, okay, I'm ready to quit my job. Then nothing happened. And I was
0: like,
6: I I cannot be such a coward. Frank talked about boldness, I loved it. And I was not bold at that time. And I said, okay, Wednesday comes, and I'm gonna go earlier at job, and you know what I did? I came to the toilet, I went on my knees, and I prayed. You think that's boldness, right? It is not. I asked God, God, do I really need to quit my job? Do I really need to do this? Is it worthy? And you know what God replied to me? Yeah. Yes. Don't ask me. Don't wait for it. Go get it. Amen. So I went to see my boss and I told him, I'm leaving my job. Wow. And he said, what for? I'm a Christian. I have more important things to do than make buildings. Is it like what? Building churches. And this is literally what I told him. And to my surprise, I sat down here for an hour and I shared my faith with him. Wow. And he said, like, oh, yeah, what Christian are you? Like, you're a Catholic, Protestant, something. I'm, no, 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 no. I'm a real Christian. <laughs> Can you tell me, uh, how are going to be paid? I mean, how are you going to be paid? Where the money come from? I say God will provide. Yeah. So, not now I'm grateful. As you say, in 29 days, I will be able to be full-time in the ministry. Oh, but, my brothers, so to have greater faith, I have two challenges for you. We are samples. Do what you never did to have what you never had. Maybe you need to quit your job also. Maybe you need to be full-time. Maybe you need to get a better race to have the kingdom, amen? amen. Second thing, go where you've never been to see what you've never seen, amen? amen. I love how Raul talked about campuses. Maybe it's time to go in the most prominent campuses and cities, amen? amen? And I talk to myself with that, amen? Maybe it's time to go on a mission team somewhere, In conclusion, my brothers, to be men of greater faith, let's take a stand and take faithfully any challenges that come to us in 2019. Let's not just ask for them, let's not just just wait for them, but let's just go and get it. it. Greater fruits.
3: Guys, it, it truly is an honor, a privilege to be up here before Come
1: you. Come on, bro. Uh,
3: it, it is truly an honor to be here with my father in the faith, Michael Williamson. So, Michael Williamson baptized me almost 14 years ago. Wow. In the teen ministry, Michael Adrian wasn't even born yet. <laughs> and uh, it's just incredible. Uh, it's been incredible to be a part of the 42 disciples. Mm. To see the church go from 42 wow. to over 7,500 disciples. Yeah. That's greater <laughs> fruit. Yeah. Let's open up our Bibles to John chapter 15. Oh, Greetings from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey! In John chapter 15, just a simple verse here.
1: Verse
3: 16. Says you do not choose me, But I I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Come on, bro. You've been chosen by God, every single one of you, to bear fruits. But some of us in this room may have not been fruitful for a very long time. Come on, bro. Wow. Personal fruit. Amen. Fruit that will last. Mm. You know, it's been an incredible roller coaster ride these last four and a half months. Being called into the full time ministry, leading my very first church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. It's been awesome. You know, it, it, it was funny. Uh, we had just seen a baptism. I was in the fourth sector with Ron and Tracy Harding. And Tim and Leanne are there for, for the baptism. And I see them talking, and I, I get a little insecure. I'm like, oh, no. Like, they're talking. And, and then next <laughs> thing you know, they, they, they call me on over. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I
0: gonna leave my job. Or... And he's like, no, no.
3: we need you and your wife to go to Albuquerque, in New oh. Mexico. Me? (laughs) Yes, you. You've been chosen. And guys, it's been so much fun. But guys, when I got to this church, it was a disaster. It was bad. Brothers were going to denominational churches to get help with their purity. Discipling wasn't happening. Wow. Wow. D times. People haven't, hadn't even talked about the kingdom dreams. Wow. They hadn't seen a baptism in over four and a half months. On, People's faith was dying. See, the, the leaders who were leading there, I was hoping would be there to support me. But it was the complete opposite. And it was challenging. I needed every one of those little challenges. Great faith, great boldness, influence. All these I needed. Great prayers when I went up to preach because I knew the people were opposing me in the message. Things were said as, we're just having a hard time with you because you're just so LA. You're so campaigned. Things that you do in LA, are not gonna work here in Albuquerque. Oh, that stuff ticked me off. Oh, <laughs> I said, the Bible says the same thing in Portland as it says in Los Angeles, and they'll say the same thing in Albuquerque <laughs> in <laughs> Albuquerque. And I went there with great faith with great love, with great boldness, influence, inspiration, and now it's been incredible to see what God has done in the church. With just 14 disciples, in those last four and a half months, we've seen seven baptisms. The church had never had a bring your neighbor day. What the heck? You've never had a bring your neighbor day? We had our first Bring Your neighbor Day. Yeah. We had our Harvest Sunday. And we just, we, we kept doing it every two weeks. Yeah. Bring Your Neighbor Day, Harvest Sunday, Bring Your Neighbor Day, Harvest yeah. Sunday. And I got the church going. Yeah. And now we were having one-for-one visitors. Oh. Every single disciple was in Bible studies. Yeah. Everyone. For six weeks, we didn't see no fruits. We were on campus. We were studying the Bible with people. But I believe because we didn't have a base of sold-out disciples, we still had some sin in the camp, God wasn't able to show the church and I the greater the greater fruits. Right. Sadly, the couple who was leading the church uh, left the movement. Wow. Wow. And, it, and it was a big hit, and I think Kip, he sent Tim right away to to help the church there, and uh, we, we got together. We, we had one of the best house churches we'd ever had. Uh, the following week, we had an all-night prayer for the whole church. After that, the baptism started coming in. Come wow. Come it was incredible. And, and, and that's how I know. That's how I know that the, it, God has chosen every single one of us. On. But it's, you got to have a base of sold-out disciples. Right. If you don't have a base of sold-out disciples and they're still sitting in the camp, you will not see greater faith. See, it's been incredible to see baptisms in every single ministry. Teen baptism, campus baptism, singles baptism, marriage baptism. We just had another campus baptism last Sunday, and now we're looking to have our singles baptism this Sunday, amen? (laughs) I have a simple challenge for you be personally fruitful before the end of the year. That's two months and five days until the end of the year. I believe if you've been fruitful, be fruitful again. And if you haven't been fruitful, it's time to be fruitful again. Amen? Let's see God show us the greater fruit in our churches. I love you. To God be the glory.